Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bet that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Patriots first and goal. I am Alex Shane here with my good buddy Rich Hill, putting the preseason and the offseason officially behind us and getting ready to launch into week one of the NFL, starting tonight with Chiefs, Lions. A lot to get through. We haven't talked in a while, Rich Hill, since the Patriots yep. did their whole finalized roster thing, so we have to kind of catch up on some slacking we've been doing in our analysis, but psyched to break it down with you, man. How are you? Doing well. Doing very, very excited for the season to actually be here. Uh, I feel like the time between maybe the second preseason, because the third preseason, whatever. The fact that like not a lot of stars are playing this year, they were trying to keep them safe. Uh, the time between the second preseason game and opening kickoff feels very long for some reason. Maybe it's because it's three preseason games instead of four, but it's more I've just been ready. I, I've been ready to see who is going to play. Uh, there's, there's been a lot of new faces introduced to the Patriots offense. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Bill O'Brien, what he has in store. Less excited for some other parts of it. We'll go into that as well. Um, but Alec, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's always kind of bittersweet when football season starts. Obviously, I'm very excited to ignore my friends and family every Sunday for Patriots football. But it also means that summer's over and that 2.30 p.m. sunset is right around the corner and there's a lot of doldrums and coldness coming my way. But it also means spooky season's coming, the holidays are coming, some fun stuff toward the end of the year. So I will try to look on the bright side of what's happened in the next couple of months, starting with what I think a very interesting end of preseason, we should call it. Uh, we'll go first down. It's first and goal, Rich Hill. We haven't talked about the Patriots roster as it sits right now. We prognosticated all offseason. We figured who's going to get cut, who's not, who's going to have the strongest group, who's not going to have the strongest group. And we're sitting here with a team of Patriots who maybe some folks saw coming, some folks didn't. Uh, I personally am a little surprised at a number of the moves they made, uh, less so at some other moves they made. But looking at the roster top to bottom as they head into week one against the Eagles and beyond, how are you feeling overall? What's your confidence level in the roster now the final cuts are done? Yeah, I mean, my confidence is pretty strong in the defense. They, they are what we thought they would be. The players that are active are going to be there. Anyone that gets activated later on, looking at you, Trey Flowers, I will consider to be a total bonus. But there were no real surprises on that front. I, I am looking forward to them bringing what they have been bringing to the table for the past six seasons or so. They're going to be one of the top five defenses in the league. I have full faith in their ability on that one. 
the offensive side of the ball, there's been a lot of more question marks. Uh, you know, Matt Corral being the only uh, their quarterback other than Mac Jones on the roster, uh, with both Malik Cunningham and Bailey Zappi moving on to the practice squad, only having two running backs on the roster with Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. Two more running backs on the practice squad, Ty Montgomery and Kevin Harris, and the Patriots trade away uh, Pierre Strong for an offensive tackle. And uh, they've elevated Faro Brown, who was like a half a day on the practice squad before they brought him up to the main roster. But uh, I think that there will still be some movement taking place on the Patriots roster heading into the actual game itself, because I would be shocked if they went into the first game uh, with actually just two running backs on the roster. It's just so funny, man. We were all talking all offseason about what a deep yeah. group that is and how much strength they have and how much versatility they have with Ramondre Stevenson Inc. as the number one back, with Damian Harris departing. They're going to have Pierre Strong. I see the third down back. Is Ty Montgomery finally going to be the one that emerges in that third down back role? He without the potential he had. And then everyone's gone, traded, practice squatted, <laughs> and in comes, in comes Ezekiel Elliott. And yep. right now it is Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott probably driving fantasy over his owners crazy. Yep. And if we are right, Rich, which is a rarity around these parts, I have to admit, but if we are right and the Patriots 2023 offense goes on the ground, it is a run first team behind a solid offensive line and a versatile running back core. How are they going to do it with the offensive line being what it is and with just Zeke and, and Ramondre in the backfield, maybe Ty Montgomery, maybe they bring somebody else in, but how do they kind of have that ball control offense with only two running backs? I'm not, I just don't see it. Totally. They, they need to have more bodies back there. I would be shocked if someone like Ty Montgomery or Kevin Harris were not elevated at some point. Uh, I'm sure it's still roster management at this stage, but uh, you know, after a couple of elevations, they have to stay on the roster. And there's not a chance that the Patriots only have two running backs. I don't think they've ever done that in the Bill Belichick era. Usually they have four players on the roster. So there will be movement. But the more important thing for the Patriots uh, rushing attack and the overall success of their offense is the offensive line. And right now, Health notwithstanding, the fact that Trent Brown is banged up, the fact that Cole Strange and Michael Onwenu are banged up, David Andrews is the only player on this roster that has uh, both their health and starting experience for the New England Patriots. You look at that right tackle spot, who is it? Who is it? We went into this offseason, and I, I believed in the process. I still don't think it's a bad idea. Is that they said, you know what? We're not going to have the money to pay for a free agent right tackle. Mike McClinchy is going to cost way too much for us to be able to afford. So, therefore, let's get us five different, you know, tier three offensive tackles. If we can get league average ability out of any of them, that's fine. The rest of the offensive line is going to be league average or better. And therefore, all five of them together means that that is going to be one of the better offensive lines in the league. For week one, that might not be true with Unwainu and Strange and Brown all banged up. Give it half a season and for them to get into their rhythm could still be the case. But when Mike uh, Connor McDermott, who was my uh, water line, you know, he was the one that like, if he plays... He did better than I thought last year, even with Matt Patricia leading the offensive line. I thought McDermott was solid. He was my threshold. If he was what we got out there, they'd be okay. If any of the four other players that they brought on board were going to be better, then that would be just, you know, the cherry on top. But McDermott, inactive right now. He's currently dealing with an injury. Riley Reef currently dealing with an injury. Patriots had to go out, uh, you know, Calvin Anderson was another one of them. He just returned to practice after spending the entire offseason away from the team with an illness. They had to go out and acquire two other players, Vidarian Lowe and Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who have potential, who have potential. Don't get me wrong, but they're of that similar threshold. They're of that similar bucket of, 
they might be okay. I don't know. I'm, are they going to be at that same level of Connor McDermott? I'm not going to count on it on week one, but that remains the biggest question mark that they have not answered this entire offseason. And quite frankly, could be the biggest issue over the first quarter of the season. I mean, look, I don't think it's any kind of deep dive into NFL no. analytics to say a team rises and falls with the offensive line. And the question we've been asking all offseason, especially during the preseason, as it reared its ugly head, was who's going to be protecting everybody back there? Maybe that's why they only have two quarterbacks on the roster right now, Rich Hill. They're just trying to be humanitarian when people get <laughs> sacked left and right. But look, I mean, I think I think I said it in our last podcast, it's like fantasy. If you have six running backs on your roster, you have no running backs on your roster. I'm glad they've collected a bunch of them, but hopefully the wheat will separate from the chaff very soon because that is not a unit you can spend too much time shuffling around, particularly with the early schedule the Patriots have coming their way, especially the Eagles with their defensive front, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, One more point about the the roster before we move on to the actual football stuff. Another group we talked about a lot in our our preseason analytics was the wide receiver group and how many guys were doing well, what a fierce competition that was going to be when all was said and done, who's going to make it, who's not. Uh, We have Kendrick Bourne, Kayshawn Boutte, Demario Douglas, Devontae Parker, and Juju Smith-Schuster with Matthew Slater, of course, as a special teams ace. They IR'd Tyquan Thornton, uh, IR'd uh, Trey Nixon. Uh, Any any surprises there or pretty much shake out the way you thought it would? Uh, Kind of with the way I thought. I mean, Tyquan Thornton is the player who I had hoped would have been able to make the roster, but he, I mean, quite frankly, was outplayed by Boutte and Douglas. And that's not a bad thing. Like, obviously, it's not a good use of your team's capital if your second round wide receivers continue to not make the team because they're not good. Um, but, you know, he got banged up on probably his best play of the offseason. And Boutte and Douglas have just been lights out. Boutte got a lot of opportunities as the starting lineup. Starting receivers were dealing with injuries over the course of the offseason. And he really took advantage of all of it. And Douglas, his hands have just been great the entire offseason. Great route runner, showing ability to get separation against the top players. And so I, I believe that the Patriots have the best wide receivers they could have heading into camp actually making the roster and you just look at their ultimate upside like you know take pro football focus for what you will douglas was their top rated wide receiver of the entire class uh and possibly i I don't remember the exact like statistic or time frame but he's been one of their best rated college receivers ever so i think that he has a lot of potential on that one and then you just look at the stats right like at lsu butte was putting up numbers that were like you look at the other wide receivers that had the same stats for him at lsu and it's like Here's Justin Jefferson, here's Odell Beckham, and here's Jamar Chase, and here's Boutte. And it's just like, that's good company. That's good company. I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> I'll buy low right now. And so if these two players live up to their potential and their potential ability, the fact that Devontae Parker is dealing with a little bit of injuries, uh, this receiver room could be set for a while. I think Juju Smith-Schuster has a lot of ability. I think Kendrick Bourne's on a very team-friendly contract, and he'll actually have an opportunity this year uh, to really elevate his play. All of the you know scuttle coming out of the offseason that he's been working on his blocking, and that he's going to be able to contribute more than he has in the past. He has a lot more trust uh, in the coaching staff. So I think that this is a really strong receiver room. Uh, very excited to see what they do. I don't know if there's a thousand-yard receiver in the room, but I think that they have you know four or five receivers out there that could put up you know 600-plus yards, and that's not bad no it's not again i don't think we need a thousand yard receiver room for the patriots to to do well if they can have several 
600 yard receivers uh, and they spread the ball around a lot. Great. And hopefully they will run the ball a lot. Again, the good thing about the backfield as it sits right now, and I think you're absolutely right. Ty Montgomery will get elevated or somebody. They can all catch passes. And you made a really good point about the NFL kind of shifting away from the running back, that pure kind of between the tackles, smash mouth, Adrian Peterson, Walter Payton kind of guy, where you need to not know if this running back's on the field, they're probably running it. And when this guy's on the field, they're probably passing it. So with the passing game being what it is, with the running game being what it is, with the offensive line being what it is, it might be a really quick release offense coming out. No one's not a lot of time coming forward. So you don't need those down the field deep threats. And every Patriots receiver can do that. Hopefully uh, can get open once the game starts to matter. Uh, speaking of the game starting to matter, Rich Hill, unless you have any good transition, okay. good transition. Let's do this. It is second goal week run. First one. I get to say this. We're going around the league. Oh, 2023 yeah. underway starting off with, in my personal opinion, a bit of an oddity. Tonight. <laughs> Uh, the defending Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs, get to hoist their second trophy against the vaunted Detroit Lions. Um, usually it's a much yeah. more kind of marquee matchup. It's an AFC championship rematch or it's some kind of head-to-head rivalry game. Uh, I like the Lions. I always enjoyed the Lions since the Barry Sanders days. The Chiefs are always a blast to watch. But I'm a little confused as to why the NFL picks some of the particular games they slated for this week one matchups. Yeah, Um I agree. This is a weird one, man. Like, you you look at the schedule. There's some games that you feel like theoretically should make sense as a, uh, you know, okay, marquee matchup. There's a lot of divisional games. You got Bengals, Browns, Jaguars, Colts. You got Raiders, Broncos, Packers, Bears, uh, uh, Rams, Seahawks, Cowboys, Giants, and Bills, and the new Aaron Rodgers-led Jets. So, like, those exist. I don't know if I'm pumped about any of them. Like, I I mean, Monday night football, as you mentioned, bills at jets, like Aaron Rodgers. I see that. That's, that's an interesting one to capstone it with, but uh, lions at chiefs. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's a interconference play. That's one of the only ones uh, out there. You got Titan saints, 49ers Steelers as some of the other ones. And it's just like, you know, Patriots Eagles as well. It's one where I'm just like, I, I, I guess are people really that into the lions? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, people are like high on them, which great. Sure. I, I mean, absolutely. No reason not to be. But for that to be the opening game, it feels a little weird. feels very a little weird to me. No, no, it does. Uh, again, maybe it's because they're expecting some kind of slow start to the season and they don't want to quote unquote waste a big game. But I feel like the first game of the season, everyone is just so starved for football. They're tuning in no matter what. Yeah. Uh, maybe there was a very strong push politically for the Lions to get more primetime games. I don't know. Whatever it is, I think Chiefs win that one easily, even if Travis Kelsey can't go. He's listed as questionable. Yeah. Um, the most intriguing matchup for me, Rich, for obvious reasons, is Bills-Jets. It's an AFC yeah. East matchup. It's at New York. It's Aaron Rodgers' first debut against the, the Bills as a Jet. Um, Primetime game. I'll be very curious to see how this shakes out. I personally am of the belief the Jets are going to start off really hot and then turn into the New York Jets and fizzle yep. down the stretch. Um, so maybe the Jets come away with a win here and the league catches on fire. The Bills are done. The window's closed. Josh Allen hates his coach, all that stuff. But you see the Bills <laughs> pulling off an upset? In, in, if it, is it even an upset in, no. in the Meadowlands? Not at all. Bills are like absolutely you're going for the Bills on this one. I, I think that you know Aaron Rodgers in the – Jets, Jets had like a had the makings of all the great teams. I get the match. 
it's their first game. I think that the Bills are, this is their last year of their window in my mind um, with their, their current cohort. They can always reload. They can always get back. Uh, but I feel like, you know, with this at St- Stefan Diggs at his peak with a lot of the core of the defense, I kind of feel like this is the, the last ride that they can do together. Um, not that they'll be bad, but I think that they have a lot going for them this season. And I wouldn't be surprised if this was the year that they pulled it off, you know, knocked off the the Bengals and the Chiefs on en route to the Super Bowl. Wouldn't be surprised by that. And I, I think that Aaron Rodgers can only do so much for a Jets team that will always Jets. And so uh, I, I am looking for a pretty solid Bills win, even if it maybe gets competitive towards the end. But I kind of feel like the Bills are going to win this one running away. I hope so. Uh, just because I will never not like, I'll never like the Jets ever. And yeah. I always really enjoy it because there, there have been seasons in the past. There's all this hype going into the season and Jets fans are so excited. This is the year we finally get in and then they just get slapped right in their big fat face. And it's yeah. always fun to watch. Not that I'm super into enjoying the misery of others, but there's something about watching the Jets get beat up every year that just had very therapeutic for me. Um, besides Patriots Eagles, we'll talk about uh, on third and fourth down. Any other particular matchups this this week you're you're intrigued by? Maybe 49ers Steelers, Raiders Broncos, end of the game you're you're excited to watch? Yeah, I mean 49ers Steelers has the makings of an interesting game. I think you have a team like the Steelers that their first team offense scored a touchdown on every single drive. Is Kenny Pickett the guy? Potentially, I could see that being the case. Um, and the 49ers have a lot. They've invested a lot. They just gave uh, Bosa an enormous contract. And so is he going to deliver on it? Can the entire team elevate around and carry Brock Purdy? Potentially. I can see that. I I think that has like an interesting narrative relative to a lot of the other teams. But the matchup that I am looking forward to, uh, masochistically, Raiders at Broncos. Uh, I want to see the Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh McDaniels-led Raiders team. I think they have a lot of really good pieces on that offense to pull it all together. I think that McDaniels has his guy. He has his receivers. They have their players. The Broncos are going through the Sean Payton experience. Will Russell Wilson rebound? Can he be the player that was like, en route to the Hall of Fame before he went to the Broncos. I mean, he was doing that type of a career. If he nosedives for the rest of his time at the Broncos, he might just remain Hall of Very Good. But if he can find his other ability, then perhaps we're talking about another Hall of Fame career. Uh, And so I'm very interested to see what this will look like. Again, obviously super early in the season, so a lot to like you know digest and things that can change over the course of the season. But hey, week one, that's pretty good a narrative as it goes. No, it is. I think I think the AFC East and West are the two most intriguing divisions in uh, in football this year. Uh, who knows who's going to come out of either one of them? There's obvious favorites in both divisions, probably Super Bowl contenders in both divisions. But you never know about these teams that are well revamped and well ready to go. Maybe it's looking to improve on some disappointments last season, uh, much like the Patriots, Rich Hill. So let's get to the Patriots Eagles game, third and fourth down coming up. All right. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. 
Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. NFL Sunday ticket offer ends 9-18-23. No refunds. Terms and embargoes apply. $100 off NFL Sunday ticket, not YouTube TV. YouTube TV base plan required to watch YouTube TV. Redemption requires a Google account and current promo payment. Commercial use excluded. Subscription renews. Cancel anytime. All right. Third and goal, Rich Hill. Patriots-Eagles. This Sunday, 4.25 p.m., I am very excited for this one. It is Tom Brady Day in New England. It's the home opener. There should be a lot of excitement around this. Eagles, obviously one of the best teams in the NFL. NFL, They were the NFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. Both teams have a lot to prove. Very intriguing matchup. I'm glad it's happening uh, in week one versus week nine or ten. You and I differ on this in our pre-podcast talk, but I think it's a good thing the Patriots are getting the Eagles early because there's a lot of things that we don't know about just yet. Uh, But for third and goal, Rich, let's start off with the Patriots. It's uh, defense up against this Eagles offense. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. He's an absolute electric factory. The Patriots have struggled mightily against mobile quarterbacks. They've been decent against the run, not great against the run. They're a very good defense. If the Patriots are to win this game, they got to keep it close. Can't let the Eagles get any major chunk plays. So what's your initial breakdown? Pats D versus Eagles L, knowing what we know right now. Yeah, I mean, it's the strengths going against uh, one of the strengths of the Eagles. Like, obviously, they were the reigning NFC champs. I think that they have a very, very strong team, a very, very strong roster. Uh, There are some weak points. You know, I I think with the Patriots defense, they're pretty strong across the board. They have some room for improvement against the run. Uh, I think Godshaw has a little bit more to offer to the team than he has thus far. But I'm looking for Christian Barmore to take the leap. This year, I think he elevated his play a lot last year, but I'm hoping for him to become a household name. I also want to see Keon White really start contributing on that defensive front. But with this Patriots team, you know what you're going to get. I think that they're going to be a disciplined team. I think that they're going to make sure that Jalen Hurts doesn't beat them on the ground and force the Philadelphia Eagles to win through the air, which they can do. Uh, They have Devonta Smith and uh, AJ Brown, two of the best receivers in the league, one of the best receiver duos that you can find. So, I think that they is they're going to have their hands full. If Christian Gonzalez and Jack Jones are the two starters on the outside, they're going to be very busy. I'm not sure how the Patriots are going to defend them one on one, if you even can. And so they're going to try and put in disguises, make it as difficult as possible for Jalen Hurts, even though he has the ability to you know sit back, go through his reads, and find the right receiver. And if I'm the Patriots, though, I'm going to make sure that this Eagles team, with their very very strong offensive line, does not dictate the pace of the game on the ground. Because if that's the case, Patriots won't be able to keep up. And I I think that the Patriots' best chance is to force Jalen Hurts to go through the air, force a couple of turnovers, and hope that Max Jones and the offense can be average enough uh, in order to to kind of take the game as a steal. But I I think the big game comes down to how can the Patriots force Jalen Hurts to go through the air instead of on the ground. So the whole Bill Belichick take away their best weapon type of strategy is to eliminate the run game and force them to beat them through the air, which of course will dictate the offense being on the field a lot more if they're able to do that. Yeah, 
Totally. And, and I think the the big challenge that they have is that Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. They have a lot of talent out there. This is, will be one of the better offensive lines that they play all year. Uh, I, I think across the league, there's only a couple that I would consider to be outright better than the Eagles. And so the Patriots are going to have their hands full. They're going to have some new faces playing in their defensive front in the rotation. You know, thinking around Keon White being introduced into the rotation, perhaps Mapu being introduced in the rotation. But in general, the Patriots benefit from having a lot of consistency. Judon's going to be out there. Uche is going to be out there. You're going to have the Barmore guy and uh, Godshaw group out there on that defensive front. Equale as a pass rusher as well. You have a lot of familiar faces. Patriots have talked about this offseason where, you know, even losing Devin McCourty, there's a lot of experience that they can rely on. And so this is going to be the Patriots' best chance of winning. It's going to be their strength going against the Eagles' strength. My X factor is going to be that defensive front. It's going to be Barmore. Uh, I think he has the most upside of everyone on that defensive line specifically, not considering the edge with Judon. And if Barmore is able to disrupt on the interior, force Jalen Hurts to go to the outside of the pocket, where all the other players are still going to have to do their job. We're still looking at Adrian Phillips and Jabril Peppers as those speedy linebacker safety hybrids to clean up the mess on the outside. But if Barmore is able to have a big day on that defensive interior, uh, thinking Kelsey's dealing with an injury as well, if the Patriots are able to be disruptive up the middle, make it so Jalen Hurts can't get into a rhythm, make it so there's no easy running plays, that's the Patriots' path to victory. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all going to start up front for sure. Uh, I'm going to go the other way, though. I think my defensive X factor is going to be, for a lot of reasons, <clears throat> Christian Gonzalez. Uh, it's his NFL debut. He's probably going to be, at times, one-on-one against either A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, yep. both 1,000-round receivers last year. So talking about trial by fire being thrown to the Lions, it is your first ever NFL real game, and you have two elite receivers you're going to be up one-on-one against. Could be a real confidence game for him if he's able to shut these guys down and make some plays. But if he gets smoked up and down the field, uh, the mental toughness will come into play and see how he's able to rebound from that, to be going up against against such a strong offensive uh, offensive weapons. Particularly, to your point, Rich, they really force the Eagles to pass and yep. tempt Hurts to throw it out there, leaving him on an island. I imagine Smith will need some help, help uh, maybe some safety help, maybe some kind of bracket coverage here, uh, leaving the, the the front seven on an island without the, the secondary to come back up and maybe playing like that kind of Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips hybrid role. We will soon see. But um, I think it's going to be a really important day for the secondary because the offensive line is stout and it might take some time to sack Jalen Hurts, not only because he's mobile and able to evade the sack, but the pass rush is fantastic. So can the Patriots secondary cover this passing game for four, five, six seconds? I don't know. Yeah, and like the big challenge too, we've only talked about two of the receivers. Dallas Goder is one of the best tight ends in the entire league, and they have some pretty talented running back coming out of the backfield. Uh, DeAndre Swift is one of those uh, you know, oft injured, but when available, pretty reliable as a pass catcher. So even if you're able to force Hertz to not throw it to his top two receivers, there's still players there that can do a lot of damage to you. The Patriots are going to need a lot of really outstanding play from their safeties. Uh, I, I think that more than ever, they have a very crucial role, in particular in the Patriots defense, with their ability to cover in the slot, cover deep, cover the tight ends, cover the running backs, put their spy on Jalen Hurts. This is going to be a very hard game for them. I do think it starts up front with them winning in the trenches, but the safeties will also have to have really, really strong games for the Patriots to even have a chance. Let's talk trenches, really. Let's make some uh, defensive Patriots prop bets to close yep. out third down. I'm going to go with two and two. Sacks and turnovers the Patriots generate. You taking the over or the under for either? 
Uh, two sacks, two turnovers. Correct. Great question. So I think that they're going to uh, not force two interceptions. I, I think that, uh, you know, fumbles, that's more random. I don't feel great about that one. But Eagles last year, very, very good at protecting the football. Hertz only had six interceptions over the entire season. So he does a very good job of protecting that. Uh, as it relates to sacks, going for the over. Uh, he, he had 38 sacks last year. I, I think that even though they are a very strong offensive line, you know, mobile quarterbacks will get sacked. Uh, just the nature of the game of them scrambling and a tackle behind the line of scrimmage. Patriots have the speed at that second level. If Mapu is able to go, that's great. If uh, not from a health perspective, but just from like a, you know, does he win time on the field? Peppers and Phillips, you know, they have the speed and ability to be able to take Hurts down in the backfield. So, I'm going for the over on the sacks, under for interceptions. I'm not expecting two interceptions. Fumbles, I don't feel great about even doing that, so I would just take the under overall for for forced turnovers. All right, over two sacks I will gladly take because the number of times I've seen quarterbacks just run around in circles back there before completing these deep passes downfield uh, drives me absolutely nuts. But, yeah, I mean, I think that is a strength versus strength, the defense versus the offense, Patriots versus the Eagles. Uh, The Patriots can keep it close defensively, give the offense plenty of opportunities to generate points and move the ball down the field. Uh, Could be a good game, which leads us to fourth down, Rich Hill, fourth and goal. Patriots offense, Eagles defense. This is the real question mark, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, I have absolutely no clue what to <laughs> from this offensive unit based on what I've seen so far. There are so many things that are still completely unknown to me. I do think it's going to be a ground game battle between the Patriots and the Eagles defense, but that's a very, very stout defensive front we're going up against. Uh, yep. New England, I don't know if, 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 if on like in a perfect world, is it a scenario where Alba Belichick would want to pass a lot more? Probably. Uh, this D was among the Eagles D was among the best in football just a year ago, uh, but it wasn't great against the run. Uh, I think they allowed about 120 so yards per game um, and about about five yards per carry over the 2022 season. So uh, establishing the run is really going to be important. But again, it all comes back to that offensive line. So uh, how are your early thoughts on this Patriots offense at the Eagles defensive front? Uh. Not great. <laughs> I'm not feeling great about it. Uh, you, you look at kind of the, like the strength on strength. Uh, this defensive line is going to live in Mac Jones's nightmares. You look at the talent that they have at defensive tackle. They have Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. They have three, like very, like, you know, two very high upside. Cox has been one of the best defensive players in all of football for the past decade. But you have two very good, young, enormous tackles out of University of Georgia. So they are big, they are strong, they are stout up the middle. David Andrews, and uh, we talked about this before the show, uh, Cole Strange and Michael Wayne with you know two weeks of practice are going to be pretty busy. And it's not going to be easy. They're not going to get help from the outside because you got Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, and Josh Sweat coming from the outside. You have three very strong veteran pass rushers that are able to get after the quarterback. And so Patriots are going to have to, A, Hope that Trent Brown is ready to go. In addition to Cole Strange and Michael Wayne, all three players are dealing with injuries. And then that right tackle spot that we talked about at the top of the show, who is it? I have no idea. Is it going to be Calvin Anderson? Cool. I mean, coaches seem to love him. They think he has a lot to bring to the table. He hasn't practiced this offseason. Is it going to be Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who's a new face to the team? He's one of you know a highly rated offensive tackle, but uh, a week and a half in the team system, 
don't feel great about that. Same with Vidarian Low. And then the what little we saw out of City Cell uh, did not feel great. I feel like I'd rather take my chances on the other, like the new faces than what we saw during the preseason with him on the right tackle spot because that was just brutal to watch. And so uh, the biggest X factor for the Patriots very easily is that offensive line. And uh, as I said, don't feel great about it. I, this may be the first time in our podcast history, Rich Hill, where an X factor is literally a player. I don't know the name of the guy who's going to be starting <laughs> in that position. It's about as X factor as an X factor can get. Because like, what's the name of the person? I have no idea who that is. Um, don't like that one bit, but you're not wrong at, at all. I mean, uh, luckily it's the right tackle, not the left tackle. I'd be a lot more nervous if there was no name at a left tackle. But still, uh, your bookends of your offensive line, you should at least buy – two days or three days before the season starts. <laughs> you should know who the hell that is. Um, but them's the breaks. Uh, I think along those lines, I, I think we'll get a lot of, of kind of game tape and, and understanding about the tight end mm-hmm. position this week. So I'm going to go with uh, the tight end room, probably yep. more Mike Gusecki than Hunter Henry, probably a good Mike Gusecki game. Uh, he's not really a blocking tight end. He's really more of a big receiver and a red zone target. But I feel like this is the kind of game that would be really, really well for a tight end to line up close to the line, motion out, motion to the backfield, create an outlet, create a mismatch. This could be a good Gusecki game. And hopefully he ensconces himself as a, a go-to outlet receiver for Mac Jones. I'll be curious if Hunter Henry spends a lot of time lined up on the right side of the line next to whoever the hell starting at right tackle. So I think we'll get a lot of uh, game tape on the tight ends this, this game coming up against the Eagles, and we'll see how the tight ends are going to manipulate themselves. Uh, I feel like Gusecki is primed for a good game. Uh, I also, I was really tempted, Rich. I'm not going to lie. I was tempted to really go out on a limb, my first ever X Factor, and think the Patriots are going to call up Jalen Rager from the practice mm. squad as this running, that. weird, jet sweep kind of edge rusher uh, running back hybrid guy because he's kind of the guy that actually burned the Eagles last year, plays like that. Uh, I don't think he'll get called up, but if he does, he could have an impact. Yeah, I mean, Patriots need to find it wherever they can. All history points to the Patriots trying to do the quick passing attack when their offensive line isn't strong. Historically, that would go to James White or, you know, Shane Vereen or whichever running back is their receiving back, which they currently don't have on the roster. So, A, no idea who that's going to be. Will they compensate by making it a quick passing game with the receivers? That's my guess. I, I could see this being a big game for a lot of yards after the catchability. Kendrick Bourne is that guy. I think Juju Smith-Schuster will have a little bit of time to adjust into the Patriots offense, especially as he's been dealing with the injury. But uh, Parker's the possession guy on the outside. He's not a yak guy. That's where Kendrick Bourne comes in. I could see them drawing up a lot of quick passing plays for him to kind of worm his way down the field. Uh, but if the Patriots are going to do any damage on offense, it's going to be attacking this Eagles secondary because that's where the – air quote weaknesses and it's not even like a full air quote but like it is it's uh uh you have Darius Slay and James Bradbury who are you know one of the best cornerback duos that you can get out there Bradbury had a good resurgence last year uh, and then Slay is yeah I mean just perennially one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league um you have some good safeties out there as well um but when it comes to who is uh you know the cornerback number three that becomes a little bit more of a question mark so I think that the Patriots best bet is the quick passing game, but to try and spread out the Eagles, make it so they can't just bunch up in the middle of the field. Ramondre Seaman and Ezekiel Elliott will have a lot of uh, blocking support that they'll have to do before they leak out into, uh, you know, on whatever routes that they're going to be running. 
But that's probably the Patriots' best pa- uh, chance for success with the quick passing plays, whether it's trips, formations, other bunches, things like that, is to get the ball as quickly as they can to the receivers so Mac Jones doesn't wind up with 30 sacks on the day. <laughs> All right, that's a good transition. Some prop bets for you, Rich Hill, for the Patriots' yeah. offense. Uh, we'll talk about – first, we'll talk about Mac Jones' sacks. Four sacks for Mac Jones, take the over-under. And oh. – Seven different Patriots catch a pass over under there. Ooh, I like that. Um, I'm going to go uh, with the over for the sacks. I, I see it being, uh, you know, a five sack kind of a day. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. That I, I do not feel great about this. I We talked about this. If you give this to week six where Cole Strange has a couple months back after his injury, if Michael Edwainu has a couple of months in practice, remember he missed a lot of the offseason with a surgery. If Trent Brown has more time after he missed a lot of offseason with uh, whatever he was dealing with, and whoever is at right tackle gets a couple of weeks with the team, never mind in the lineup, I would feel a lot better about their ability to protect Mac Jones. Right now, you're just rolling a dice bag and hoping that they're going to be able to be at least average. And even if they're average, the Eagles led the league in sacks last year, I believe. So it's one of the most ferocious units against any offensive line, never mind a sieve. And so I'm very concerned. I would say that I would take the over on the sacks. The number of receivers, I like that. I, I see it being an even seven. I could see him targeting a few more. I could see some of them not bringing it down. Um, but I, I see, you know, a couple of targets, one for each rece- uh, running back that's out there. I could see Henry and Jaseki getting involved. I think that this will be a game where Bill O'Brien tries to pull out uh, all the stops, not in a like trick play kind of a way, but he'll definitely test the offense and see what they're able to do, what they will, what they're able to do uh, from a strategic standpoint, and they'll design plays for all of the different players. And so I could see it very easily being seven players that get catches. So I'm going to go a push on that one. Oh, on the money line, I'll take it. Good for me. All right, last prop bet, Rich Hill for the offense. Before we get to predictions, hundred total yards rushing as a team over under. 100 total yards rushing as a team. Uh, I don't feel great about that. Again, if it were a different different team, if it was like a uh, different situation where uh, Patriots had more offensive line time together, it wasn't the Eagles in their just very, very stout defensive front. Uh, they allowed less than 100 yards per game last year, 1,500 rushing yards over the course of 16 games. That's... That's a good running defense. And the Patriots don't have the offensive line, in my mind, to be able to say, we're going to do it with authority. I see this being a game where the Eagles are able to put up, you know, a score or two earlier where it forces the Patriots to kind of put the ball into the air uh, and they'll have their hands full on that front. So I kind of see them not being able to run the ball for 100 yards, not because they're, uh, incapable of doing it overall but this is just a perfect storm of a bad situation and it is week one and absolutely anything goes in yep. the NFL week one the good news is if you don't have long to wait we will soon see this sunday 425 eastern patriots are hosting the eagles that is our four downs it is time to either kick the extra point and break the patriots loss or go for two and pick the patriots win i just made that up right now i hope you're okay i like, with it. It. I uh, like it i uh i didn't I, I lost my notes on the preseason predictions because who cares i'm all right Okay, we got them all right. So in that case, I will defer to you. You get first crack. Patriots hosting the Eagles. Week one, game one. Let the prediction contest officially commence. Who you got? Yeah, Uh, as as my tone of the show has taken course, 
I think that the Eagles win this one, and I don't think it's going to be pretty. I think that this Patriots team will be a wild card team. I think that they have the talent. I think they have the ability. Asking them with a lot of new faces on offense, with a new offensive coordinator, with a new playbook, without an offensive line, to go toe-to-toe with the reigning NFC champs that seem to have gotten stronger I don't feel good about that. I, I I would say that I am expecting the pace of the game to be the Eagles going up something like 17 to seven or something like that in the first half and Patriots having to be able to throw the ball in the second half and not being able to do it because Mac Jones simply won't have the time to stand in the pocket to be able to deliver on it. And through no fault of their own, it's just, again, a perfect storm of them having a lot of injuries on that offensive line, a lot of question marks. And four players on that offensive line have been dealing with injuries where they've just returned. That's that's too much for anyone. We've talked about this offseason too. Juju Smith-Schuster dealing with injuries. Devontae Parker on the injury report dealing with an injury. Uh, they're dealing with a lot of things on that one. So for them to have to go uh, and beat the Eagles, no. I'm going to go with the Eagles winning this one, uh, something along the lines of uh, 27 to 17, but it's not as close as the score indicates. So like 27-10, late touchdown kind of thing? Yeah. Maybe, all right. Yeah. So Rich has the Eagles, Patriots starting 0-1. All right. Fair enough. So you're going for an extra point because you're a wimp. Absolutely. <laughs> Cowardly. Yeah. Uh, again, I think you and I disagree on this one respectfully in terms of, I think you say if this was like a week six, week seven game, the offensive line is more time to gel and there'd be a little more difference in terms of protection schemes, which makes a lot of sense. But I think I'm going to go the opposite way. I think this is week one. It is the Patriots home opener. Both teams are still kind of finding their footing. Super Bowl hangover is a real thing, whether you want yeah. it to be or not. The last game the Eagles played was a loss to the Chiefs on the world's biggest stage. Tom Brady will be in mm. the stadium. You yeah, cannot about that. You cannot overstate the return of Tommy B. What's that going to do to the Foxborough faithful? Will the Tom Brady magic rub off on his teammates? Will he be on the sidelines yelling, let's go at the bench? I just feel like this is a scenario where if this game was like in week nine or week 10, Eagles blow the Patriots out of the water. But I think there are enough intangibles and enough early season jitters and weirdness for the Patriots to come away with a win this time. Uh, I think they do something really cool and they win something like 24-21. Patriots. Ooh. I mean, I would be beyond thrilled to be wrong. It would change my outlook on the entire season if they came out and won. And it like, doesn't even have to be decisive. It comes out and it's a gritty win. I will have a lot more faith in this team. What I am hoping to see coming out of this is a disciplined Patriots team, one that doesn't ruin drives with pre-snap penalties, ones that don't have foolish and unnecessary turnovers, ones that protect the ball. If we see that in week one, you know, win on special teams. Don't do any, you know, don't lose the game on special teams. If they're able to do that typical Patriots football, win or lose against this Eagles team, I'm going to have a lot more faith in this team's ability over the course of the entire year. I'm hoping that the offensive line will find its footing. I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping Tom Brady brings out the TB12 magic and the Patriots are able to pull off the upset here. They're only four point underdogs, which I am shocked by. I don't know if I stand by that. That's, that's unbelievable. But uh, I would love, 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 love for the Patriots to prove me wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think this game is definitely winnable. Uh, it would be a huge boost because, again, we talked about it. We've got the Eagles, the next week's the Dolphins, and they're at the Jets. Who knows with that one? Then they're at the Cowboys, and that's another real question mark. So 0-4 is on the table right now. 
So to come out 1-0 uh, in a team that they can beat, that they're maybe not better than, but it is a winnable game. It yeah. is kind of a statement. It's sending a message. It's letting the world know. Because a lot of people are calling for like a 6-11 and season for the Patriots in 2023. They have Everyone has them finishing last in the division. This would be a really good chance for them to kind of maybe the Patriots 3.0. I don't know where what, what point oh we're at of this iteration, <laughs> but like this new completely revamped Patriots offense, this Patriots team can have that us-against-them mentality and stead off with we're going to take the NFC champs down in our own stadium in front of the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. It's very doable. Yeah, and like I, I think the teams that make the wild card, are the teams that, you know, win their fair share of the 50-50 games. They're not knocking off the top contenders, but they're winning their share of 50-50 games. And that puts them on track to be a wild card. This game doesn't count as one of those. This is not a 50-50 game. But as you said, it is winnable. It's it's not like the Eagles are unbeatable because clearly they can be beaten. It's a situation where if the Patriots beat the Eagles – then it's a circumstance where maybe we have to reevaluate this Patriots team and what their overall potential is with all of their existing question marks is uh, what is their ceiling? Are, are they a wild card team that like will win their fair share of 50, 50 games, but we don't think that they can beat the Bengals or the chiefs or the bills when it actually matters. We don't think that they're in that echelon yet. If they beat the Eagles, absolutely. They are absolutely. They are. It changes the entire conversation because there will be proof. There will be evidence that they can do it. And evidence that, you know, as the team in typical Belichick fashion, fingers crossed, improves over the course of the season where they figure out what they're good at, what they're able to optimize, where they're able to be efficient, where they're able to be more diligent and, uh, you know, more uh, in control of their own uh, play and not make as many mistakes. If they're able to build from this point of knocking off the NFC champs, then we're looking at a point where what we talked about at the beginning of the offseason, if this is a top five defense and a top 10 offense, they are a contender, and that would mean a lot for this team. They call it overreaction Monday for a reason, Rich Hill, that first Monday after week one of the NFL, <laughs> and that is a perfect segue into over. hopefully be an overreaction Wednesday when we get yep. back together, post this game to break it all down, that and week two. Should be a good one. I'm excited and, as always, honored to do it with you alongside my buddy Rich Hill for this 2023 season. Uh, that's kind of all I got for today. Anything else you want to talk about? Nope, that's all I got, Alec. And until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you.